Hey folks, this is Bob Frazier. Thanks for joining me as we take a walk through Oklahoma history. I am proud to welcome my good friend John B. Kane to our show. John is a strong community leader, local rancher, businessman, and is now serving as our state representative in Oklahoma City. John, welcome to Cutting the Cards. Bob, I can't thank you enough. I, th I really do believe I've listened to every episode of Cutting the Cards on a drive from western Oklahoma. And, you know, because they just kept coming. And I was interested. <laughs> and I thought, man, if I could only one day, one day if I could be... <laughs> Being a guest on Cutting the Cards, I'd be so happy. you got to set your bar higher. That's all I can tell you. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I really am. I appreciate it. Let's go back a few years, like 50 or 60 years. Um, tell me about your memories of growing up here in Bartlesville. Well, boy, just like you, a lot of the memories you have, it was a great, great place to grow up. I mean, I feel really blessed, as I feel blessed to live here now, but it's certainly changed. Um, went to Wayside Elementary School, one hallway, and, you know, basically two classes per grade. Right. Um, the principal would coach coach the ball teams and um, sweep the floors, maybe drive the bus. <laughs> it was, a, it was a, just a different, more simple, it was simpler, mm -hmm. you know. We weren't overscheduled, you know. We got to just, I don't know, it, it was just different the way we do things. And not, the, not necessarily better, um, but certainly different. I grew up with a lot of great people influencing me. I, I saw a lot of good examples in my life, not only in my family, but my family's friends. That um, At that time, the family friends felt like family. Yeah. It was all family to sure. me. And that, that's what I remember about Bartlesville, just tight-knit. Um, you know, your your friend's mom was just as likely to spank you as your own mom. Yeah. You know, they just took care of each other. and. Um, didn't get away with much, and that was probably really good. <laughs> you know, it, it's you're so right. I mean, it was it was a more simple time. Mm -hmm. We didn't know it at the time. I mean, because it was what it was. Yeah. But um, you know, and you, and you look back on it, and the the corporate culture was different. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole world's changed, and I'm with you. It, it's it's not like that was that much better than what it is today. It was just different. Yeah. And. Um, and I, you know, I still think that people like yourself and, and myself were blessed when we grew up and where we grew up. Yeah, I think so. You know, and you're—I don't know—I'd I'd be interested to hear our different viewpoints because you know I didn't grow up in the Phillips culture. True. And yeah. I know that you know that permeated family life, that permeated social life, and we were kind of outside of that circle. So I didn't really have that perspective. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't down at the Phillips Gymnasium playing on the 66 or junior 66ers like some of my friends yep. were doing and all that. But um, I also never felt the pressure of, you know, I don't think my mom felt like she had to dress up to go to the grocery store. Yeah. I really believe some did. And if, if their husbands were, were moving up through the company, there was a certain protocol, I think. And we didn't, we weren't sub didn't have subjected to, do that. to that. No, no I can remember on uh, family vacations. You know, Dad would drive out of his way to buy Phillips gas, or you know, God forbid, if we had a flat tire, having to go find a Phillips tire. Yes. Um, but yeah, there was, and again, you talk about changes. I mean, there was a two-way loyalty that's different today uh, yes. between employee and employer, and vice versa. Uh, but uh, yeah, the old uh, Phillips swimming pool, um, yeah. basketball, and of course, the greatest thing of all, and you may have taken advantage of this, but 
back before we had alarm systems telling us that tornadoes were coming, we all went to the tunnel of the Phillips uh, yeah. tunnels, and you know, it was that was an adventure. Right you know, then. I never even got to do that. Well, see, now, Dad, gum it. <laughs> they didn't even care about non Phillips employees' <laughs> demise. Let them fight for themselves. That's it. <laughs> I didn't get to do that. Okay, so <laughs> let's jump to your college years. Where did you go to school, and what did you major in? I went to the University of Kansas. Uh, interesting time up there. Um, you know, um, looking back on it, I should have gone to the Army. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. I mean, I think I think I I don't know if I would have helped the Army much, but I think the Army could have really helped me. <laughs> I uh, I went up to KU. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, honestly. I, I at one point thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, then I started paying attention and looking at lawyers and thought, well, what they do seems a lot like school. You know, they're doing a lot of yeah. reading, they're doing a lot of writing, <laughs> and I thought, that doesn't sound exactly what fits me. I ended up um, in this College of Liberal Arts with a business kind of, uh, it was called personnel at the time, now it's HR okay. uh, degree out of um, out of KU, and most of what, what I learned up there was just growing up. I matured. Um, Really, I got most the studies that I really enjoyed were my English and history classes. Uh, what do you do with that? Yeah. And uh, but that's what I, I think I would have done more and more of if I if I if making a living wasn't in the picture. So that was my KU education. Made great friends. Matter of fact, I just was at the wedding of one of my dearest friends that met him my first year at KU. He was best man at my wedding. We just just did it at his daughter's wedding last weekend with all my friends. So I don't regret for a second going up there and, and the experience, but I didn't take as full advantage of it as I should have. Gosh, it sounds like a parallel to my <laughs> to my college years. And, you know, it's I was going to be an attorney, yeah. and uh, and quickly decided that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, some of the friendships from the from the college years are are yeah. terrific. Yeah, and terrific. you know I fought I fought to keep my grades okay. You know, um, even though I didn't I wasn't taking away a lot I think, but I, I managed to do okay there. But what I when I went to TCU Ranch Management School, which was just a phenomenal experience, and everything just clicked because all of a sudden I was doing something that learning about something that I was just really interested in. Yeah, and. It was just an incredible curriculum. They didn't teach you things that you could learn quicker and less expensively at home, just going to work. Mm-hmm. They taught you the business side of it. So some of those accounting and business principles that I just kind of studied and regurgitated for exams, all of a sudden started making sense. Yeah. I applied it to the cattle business. And I mean, that. And it's only two semesters down there, but it was just, a, it, that just galvanized everything for me. And again, part of it was that I'd grown up and um, took advantage of a great opportunity and from there i have heard that from so many people what a great program that is Mm -hmm. um i think tcu's a great school too great you know fort worth's a great community and there's just a lot of good stuff down there okay so you graduate from ku uh what comes next well after tcu okay you went directly to that program that was fifth year okay um and after out of there i went to Oklahoma City. Um, I got an opportunity to work for our good friend, Bill Johnstone. Oh, really? Bill Johnstone hired me in a credit training program at United Oklahoma Bank, which was the old stockyards bank in Oklahoma City. Okay. Which I thought, that was kind of neat. I, I would, he didn't pay me very much, so I, I would take a sack lunch to work, 
and I would walk out at lunchtime and go to the stockyards, and I'd watch cattle run through the sale, huh. and I would eat my bologna sandwich, and just had the best time, and I'd <laughs> make friends over there with, with order buyers, and as I worked, as I went through the training program, they put me in charge of the relationship with the order buyers, and most of those were depository relationships, but I would calculate, you know, what their, what they owed us at the end of the month based on how many checks were cleared and how much, how, what their deposit balances were, but, uh, so that, it was a good fit for huh. me. Uh, I like doing that, and Bill gave me the chance, and um, I'm grateful to him for that. That's interesting. I never put that together. Yeah. I, I've known Bill forever. I've known you forever, yeah. but I, I didn't know that connection. And I loved banking. I mean, to this day, I'm still involved in banking. You know, I have ownership in a little bank in Coffeeville, Kansas. Um, great friends up there. The pe- management of that bank's superb. But I got exposed to that in Oklahoma City, and I ended up going on the commercial. I became a commercial lender and went okay. on the floor. And... Um, it was it was a great experience, and you learn so much about just business in general. Because I was, when I was in the credit department, you know, you're just taking financial statements, you're reading them, you're spreading them, you're trying to you run the ratios, and you learn a whole lot about business by doing that. And that that served me very well in my career. Yeah, and if you yeah. and if you don't do it right, you learn that pretty quick. Yeah, you do. You, know, you do. The mistakes hurt. Yeah, I learned a whole lot there. Okay, completely different subject. Um, I've run several full and half marathons, mm-hmm. um, but if my memory serves me right, you ran the Pikes Peak. I did, twice. 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 Tell me about that. That was a great thing. Um, I was scared to death to do it, but our, you remember Rob Poole. Yes. Yeah. Uh, lived here for a long time, a really good friend of mine. and um, It really started when I was sitting in my bedroom chair watching TV, eating a bag of potato chips. And there happened to be a mirror <laughs> across the room. And I thought, holy cow. <laughs> this doesn't look good. This is, I, I was in my late 30s. I said, what's 40, 50 going to look like if I keep on this track? So I started running a little bit. And I kind of liked it. I, I have the ability. I guess I've got the slow twitch muscles. I can kind of just put it on cruise control and go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I did pretty well. I did, and I had a pretty good time in a Chicago marathon. So Rob said, hey, I do this fun thing. Let's go run Pikes Peak. We do it every year. we got this great group. And I thought, well, I guess I could try that. I'll train. He goes, no, I've run with you. You can handle it. So he encouraged me. And so I trained pretty much like you train for a marathon. Sure. Um, and went out there. And the first year, I ran and almost died. <laughs> when you get up in that 12, 13, 14,000 feet. Oh, God. And everything changes. And I didn't, no experience doing it. I probably didn't research it as well as I should. And I got to the top and I was cramping up. It was just, I could barely get myself to where I could get something to drink. I was miserable, miserable, miserable. And, um, but I finished. So I was proud of that. But I did go back. I don't think it was the next year, but two years later, possibly. And that year, that experience, I trained completely differently. I mean, I would, I needed to get some hill, more hill training. Sure. And I would go to the old, the YMCA in the basement, and I would get on a treadmill, and I would basically move the elevation. I had an elevation map of Pikes Peak course, and I could put it on the same elevation for just as far that I'd change it and basically mimic the course. Wow. And I would spend three hours on the treadmill People would come and go, and they're looking like, this guy's crazy. He's still here. I am still on the treadmill. I'm still on. But, and I trained, and I went up there. I ran a faster time, and I got to the top of that thing, and I felt like a million bucks. I could have run it again. Wow. I felt that good. 
So Bandit. I learned a lot about just running smart races. And uh, it, was your weather okay? Yes, both times we had good weather. Because I've talked to people that have, have run into sleet. Yeah. Um, and it's like, gosh, that's a tough enough run as it is. Right. You know, but um, at least I was smart enough. I always, my marathons were always flat ground. That, you know? That's wise. <laughs> but I will tell you that your recovery is a lot faster after the Pikes Peak. That uphill, easy on joints. You don't have the, I mean, that, when I ran regular marathons, there was a, I was really sore the next day yeah. or two. Yeah. And it was less of that because it, I think it was less, you know, impact as you're running, well, going uphill. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, the Kane family legacy is well known for more than a hundred years in Bartlesville. Um, in the business world, uh, in the community leadership, um, what does that what does that legacy mean to you? You know, that's a it's a it's a that's a tough question and an easy question. One one, um, you know. We're no different than most families other than we stayed in one place for all these generations, right? right. And um, there is a commitment to our community, uh, and it happens to all be in Bartlesville. We didn't spread it out where someone went to Kansas City and someone went to Dallas and someone, you know. So the fact that we're all here, but the, the legacy to me is that um, I, I was fortunate with uh, the people that came before me. They, they did set good examples. I think they were good people, you know. I, um, Dick Kane, you know, my gosh, he's my great uncle. And, you know, he, he was the patriarch most of my adult life here. Mm -hmm. And um, what a fine example he was to me. And you don't want, I guess in some ways, you don't want to let people down, especially those that you look up to that much. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bartlesville, I've always thought it's a special place. And it's easy to get committed here because there are so many people, as you well, that can want to get involved. Mm -hmm. And then, in the end, those are the people you want to be, you want to be friends with. Sure. Those are the people. So you enjoy the volunteer work. You enjoy getting into leadership, whether it's, you know, charity, ball teams, you know, anything like that. You just get involved and it becomes your life. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's not a burden. It's just what you want to do. And that's the way it felt like to me. It was an example. I, I fell into it. Um, it's given me some opportunities. And um, then once you're, once you're in it, you like it, you just keep doing more of it. Yeah, is what I find. Well, that's a great answer, and and you know, it's it's. I always wonder, because um, because your family has done so much uh, for this community. You know, is it is it possible that there is another generation, another family coming up that fills those kind of voids? Um, and, and there's not yeah. a good answer to that, no, you not. know, but I mean, you just wonder a hundred years from now, is somebody saying, you know, talking about the, the Jan Johnson family legacy or whatever, right. or yeah. is that just a byproduct of the late 1800s, early 1900s of, of people who were committed to community and business, et cetera? That will be interesting to see, you know, and Bartlesville, I think to, to nurture that, if we, to, you know, we have to continue to provide good jobs, good opportunities for mm -hmm. people. You know, the Oklahoma, the state of Oklahoma can play a part in that. You, you know, make a business-friendly state where you can actually have multi-generational businesses continue. Yeah. You know, we've had we've had a lot of them here in Bartlesville, and um, those are that's I think I think that spawns the kind of generational involvement that we're talking about is probably the the 
family business. Yeah, I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Okay, you're in your first year serving as our state representative in Oklahoma City. Why did you decide to run for political office? Well, um, first of all, um, the first time in my life, I felt like I had the time to do the job well. I'd sold the little, my little manufacturing company up in Dewey, mm -hmm. in the industrial park, which was taking up a considerable amount of my time. My son, John Jay, was um, running the day-to-day -day ranch operations probably better than I ever could, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for him. You know, I had my dad. I got to work with my father, which was, you know, I wake up literally almost every morning, and I thank God for that opportunity. So now I'm following that up with my son, and I, I don't know, I just... It's hard to put it into words, but the things, I hear my dad's voice in my head every day. That's I hear my dad's voice and, and probably had to wait for my dad to pass away to run for political office because his voice would have said, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I tell you what, that, that, that's a good voice to be listening yeah, to. But, but um, I've had an interest in it. And so the time became available. I didn't want to do it when I had young children because that's not, where I, that's not right. where I wanted to spend my time. So that happened. And then, quite frankly, I saw a need. I mean, and I just thought, I really thought I could do the job. And I thought that my lifetime commitment to Bartlesville, which is largely my house district, uh, I thought my knowledge of the district would be an advantage to me. Um, the people I know in the district could be a, an advantage to me. If I have a question on anything under the sun, I've probably got someone's phone number in my in my phone that I could call to get some yeah. subject expertise and you know those kind of advantages and I had the time and I'm so glad I did this when I'm 60 something and mm -hmm. not 30 something mm -hmm. I've changed yeah I'm better for this job now than I would have been then uh, I think there's a, a, a I have more patience I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room I think that other ideas have merit other than my own, much more so than I did when I was 30. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think you, you nailed it because yeah. I've told people before um, when I worked at Woolerock, um, could I have done that job when I was 40? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have done it as well because I was able to reach into, into a lot of experiences in various worlds that made me a better person to be able to do that job. And I, I think what you're saying just is, is makes perfect sense. You know, I, I keep, a, keep something by my desk and I look at it every day. Um, it just, it re really resonated with me, but it's um, love without truth can be soft. Truth without love can be hard. And I think you have to remember that those go together. Yeah. You don't want to coddle and let's be an enabler, but you also want to have mercy and grace as you deal with people. And you get this opportunity a lot in Oklahoma City at the Capitol to understand that. You know, uh, most most people I've met down there are well-intentioned people. Uh, most people they they want essentially the same things I want. We want we want good education. We want to develop our workforce, we want to provide opportunities for our children. We have different ways to get there. Right. But you have to understand their their motives are pure. Mm -hmm. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Now, I understand. I'm I'm not naive enough to think always. 
But more often than not, and if you start from that point, instead of, you know, assuming the worst about a person, um, you have a chance to, to come to come to some solutions that if you're just going to go at loggerheads and, and fight. You'll get and nowhere. not understand that these are probably pretty good people too. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anywhere. Well, we've been so blessed in this community uh, to have John Ford, Earl Sears, Julie Daniels, now to have John Kane, Judge Strom, Julie Daniels. I mean, our representation in Oklahoma City, I think, is, is second to none. We have a good history, and even beyond back farther than that. And, you know, I just, again, my reason for running is I, I wanted to go back to that kind of leadership that um, I thought was a little more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, inclusive. You okay. Know? I wanted people to, I want everyone to have my cell phone number. I want people to feel closer to government, not farther from government. Because, and I, I've learned this, and I've said it a number of times, but good government doesn't start with 149 people in Oklahoma City. It starts with the hardworking people out there making our economy. It's, it's, the, it's my constituents. Mm-hmm. I need engagement from my constituents to do this job well, because they are as important part of the process as I am down there just because I get to push the yes or no. Mm-hmm. I can't do the good job if I don't have engagement from my constituents. I'm not going to get engagement from my constituents if I don't invite that, if I don't, if I don't seek it. Yeah. And that's the part of the job that I think I, I can do better than it was being done. And so far, it's, it, I feel like it's working because I talk to a lot of people and I encourage people to call me and they're doing it. And I'm not getting overrun. I mean, people call me when they need me. It's not like I'm getting Beat 50 up calls a day. Yeah. It's working great. And um, So what, what part of the job so far do you find the most enjoyable and why most enjoyable are probably relationships that I'm making with the idea. And it's not just, it's not just a friendship. The idea that we're going to have a relationship that I trust this person, this person trusts me. And then based on that trust, we draw more people in and we can make good things happen for the state. That's the purpose for the relationship. It's not to have a beer drinking buddy. Mm Mm-hmm. You've already got those. Got I wouldn't leave Bartlesville if that's all I need. Right? <laughs> I mean, that's not the point of a relationship in Oklahoma City. The relationship is building trust, and that's not only with my fe- fellow legislators, but with the lobbyists. Mm-hmm. You know, you build trust, and if they can't, if they can't get me to trust them, they're not going anywhere, and like and vice versa. Yeah. So, um, I, but the relationships I've made, I've got a great freshman class of, uh, and I was thinking about it, you know. There's 10 Republicans in my class. And, you know, we've got educators, we got law enforcement, we got lawyers, we got accountants, we got small business people, we got insurance people. We, I mean, just out of 10 people, we cover a, most of what goes on in Oklahoma. Wow. And just by virtue of the way things work, those are the people I'm, I'm really developing closer relationships with. We have our little text thread we keep going. Uh-huh. And, um, but, there's expertise in that group. I've got a minister. I mean, I, we, we've got expertise in this group in a lot of areas. And those are, the, those are the people I hope to work with for years to come to really positively impact Oklahoma. Terrific. Okay, so let, let's piggyback on that then. What do you consider the biggest challenges facing Oklahoma right now? Education, which dovetails perfectly into workforce development. Right. Um, those things right now 
are probably and then my third one is probably can continuing to improve Oklahoma as a business friendly state in a smart way. And those 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 all tie go together. together because yeah. that's what's going to give opportunities for the next generation and the generation after that. Um, we need to do better in education. We you know we can do some we can do some smart tax reform that can improve. Um, we can go from and we can get in the top ten as far as business friendly environments. I think pretty easily. We really can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got the we've got the makeup in the legislature to make these things happen as well as the executive branch. So uh, we have an opportunity. Now we've seen good opportunities get you know kind of missed before. But, yeah. Uh, I hope we can be part of making these things happen. But I think we've got a good education bill out there. It's being it's being negotiated hard, um, but I think it's um, reformative. I, th- I think it's really groundbreaking stuff if we could get it in. It's increased funding across the board. It's better better funding public, private, everybody. It's um, it it's the first legislation I've seen for education that everybody wins. You know, public schools, private schools, teachers, parents, students. So I like it. Yeah. I like it. It should help everybody. No, it's it's just it's got to be the bedrock uh, of this state as to you know where do we go from here? I mean, in terms of retention of people of the right. of the best people, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I, I I echo that completely. Yeah, and you know again, you know there's there's other there's there's a need for all of this education. You know the there's a need for private education. You know, and I like I'm a school choice person. Um, some people just cringe at that, but you know, I, I point to a school like PTI in Bartlesville. Mm-hmm. That's school choice, you know that. And with Bartlesville Public Schools, we have a, such a great superintendent, Chuck McCauley. He recognized that 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 they are competing for, they are taking and giving a, giving a special set of kids the best opportunity for an education that they can carry on and have a productive life. Yeah. Better they don't fit the public school model. Oh, absolutely. And that's no a win-win. School, no school can fit everybody. Right. And so I just I think that's a perfect example. What's the next one that might pop up that, you know, helps those that subset of children? There's still going to be plenty of kids. I fit well into a public school model. I love my public school education, and so do my children. But those that don't, they need a, they need an option. Yeah, they need options, and you cannot expect our public schools to be great at serving everybody. That's yeah. not fair. That no one can do that. And you know, I think we've been so fortunate in Bartlesville uh, over the years. Our school system, and and true, it's probably been assisted by the corporate culture of Phillips Petroleum Company, and mm-hmm. and and who made up. Uh, so much of the population, but uh, you know, I, I just think we have a terrific education system here in Bartlesville. Chuck does a great job. Yeah. Those before him have done a great job. Yeah. Um, you know, the teachers do a great job. I wouldn't want to be one, but you know, they they do a terrific job. I no think. Question. And you know, the fact of the matter is, statistically, um, rural suburban schools in the state are actually doing fine. You know, we have issues like every other state does in their urban areas that, you know, and, and there's many, many contributing factors, you know, and, and uh, but that's where we need to focus attention and save these these kids. Mm-hmm. Because if you pulled Oklahoma City and Tulsa 
outcomes out of out of Oklahoma, uh, we'd move from whatever we are, 48, 49th, pick a number, depending on what you read, to the top half. Is that right? Top half. Wow. Now, every state can do that. You know, well, every state okay. has similar problems, so it's not really a that it's not exactly a fair look at it, but it is it is enlightening. That's interesting though. It is enlightening. Mm-hmm. And so we need to focus and because because I don't care where you are in this state, um, education matters everywhere, not just for Bartlesville. At Tulsa public schools matter to Bartlesville. Sure. As they and Oklahoma City. And we need education for everybody if this state's gonna thrive. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to see happen. So what's next for John Kane? Well, um, I, I can commit that I want to stay in this job for more than two years okay. as, in the House of Representatives. Beyond that, all bets are off. I'm not committing to anything. And, um, so I, I know for a fact um, I'll have my name in the hat to run again. Um, golly, it's almost time to run again, believe it or not. But um, I know I want to do it again because I can feel myself getting better at the job. I'm, you learn something every day in that place. Yeah. And there was more to learn than I thought. And it's how the place functions. You just got to understand. It's not, again, that's not good or bad. You just have to figure out how do you plug in. If I'm not going to be in a leadership meeting, which I won't be, I'm a freshman representative. If I'm not going to be in some of these meetings, who do I know that's going to be in those meetings? Mm-hmm. So I've learned, I know, and I've talked to people and I feel like I can get my voice heard that way. And so I'm learning these ways to be more effective down there. And so I'm excited to keep doing that for now. And how terrific you know, at, at this point in our lives to have something that is challenging, new, yeah. exciting, you know, something you're interested in waking up and, and getting going on. I mean, that's, that's for sure. That's, that's cool. I have, I have, I underestimated how much I would miss going to all my grandkids dances and baseball games. And I've missed some of that. And you've missed some important golf games. Missed some important golf games, and I do miss those. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to June when we're, we're out of session. I mean, I love – I mean, being home is the best part of the job. Yeah. But um, but I, I just – I really feel like I, I could be part of something that can really move this state forward in the near future. So I'm, I'm going to stay with it. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you, Bob. I really am. John, thanks for taking the time out of what I know is a very busy schedule to visit with me, sharing your stories, your thoughts, your hopes. Um, I really appreciate it. Many well, thanks. Thank you so much. And I've got one thing checked off my bucket list. There you go. <laughs> thanks for having me. For John Kane, this has been Cutting the Cards with Bob Frazier. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Bob Frazier. And remember, trust everyone. Be sure you cut the cards.